we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker, sweltering in the Arizona heat. She, of course, is the marvellous Simone Roche MBE Lieutenant Commander. I can't even keep up, Simone. <laughs> Can you stop getting awards, please? Oh, do you know, I am melting. I think some of them have actually melted in the heat. It is tropical this week in our northern paradise. I've had to get the paddling pool out again. That's how I'm rolling this week. <laughs> there is more paddling pool chat to come. I need to know more about this for sure. Now, I did see, though, um, some really disturbing pictures last week of Bournemouth Beach just absolutely packed, packed with people. And I thought... Goodness me, I know it's hot and I know I don't want to make a joke about the fact that here in Arizona it's currently 43 and, you know, it's 30 degrees in England because this country and this this state is set up for heat and we know how to deal with it. A lot of us have got pools and we've got air con and it, it is easier and it's a dry heat so you don't get that awful clammy inability to sleep. I know that as Brits quite often we flock to the beach as soon as as soon as it gets warm but I couldn't quite believe those pictures I saw Simone. Uh, it's not only, um, I think it was the middle of the week, Wednesday, so we had a couple of day heat wave before the thunderstorms came back again. But by Thursday came, Bournemouth declared a state of emergency oh because gosh. there were that many people on the beach. And it's it led me to put a survey out, actually. You know, like a little poll. You do. Put a little poll out there, you know. And what and it was a bit like, you know, what are you thinking about right now? Because the, we've talked about divides before, but we've got people who are like, absolutely, oh, I need my kids back in school from an education perspective, from yeah. a mental health perspective on yeah. both sides. Uh, and But then I've got the other side where it's like, well, actually, I don't think it's safe, so I don't want to. Whatever you believe, actually, there's a whole population of people who think it's absolutely okay to be cheek to jowl on the beaches of, of our fine shores. When I reflect on the poll, the, the, the top sort of thing of what was bothering people was coming out of lockdown too early. There is a sense of Oh my goodness! And I think it was forty-two percent of people believe that we are coming. That this is only on our, our, our Northern Power Women poll. You yeah. know, this is not any Ipsos Mori or anything like that. This is just our little out there. Forty-two uh, percent of people think we are coming out too early. Yet a state of emergency on the beaches. That's that's a worry, isn't it? That's a real worry that people think that that is okay to be centimeters away from people. I mean, we've talked about this before, about the fact that Jaime here in Arizona, of course, and uh, I have to say his name, Governor Doug Ducey, did um, (laughs) open up the state at the beginning of May, essentially, sort of second week of May, the state was opened back up. And I felt very strange going out and about in the first week or so, and I I didn't really change my habits. I'm going to be really honest. And another week later... When everyone's out and about, you do start to think, oh, well, okay, maybe it is all right to 
to just loosen up a bit more. Maybe we will go and get some takeout pizza and go to the store and not get it delivered. Maybe we will pop out when we've forgotten something because a couple of months back, if I'd forgotten something in my fortnightly shop, I wouldn't go out for another fortnight. I'd go, well, I've forgotten it. Don't worry about it. I did find myself going, oh, I've just, I'll just nip and get some more of that. I'll nip and get some more of that. But I tell you what, you look at some of the graphs now. Arizona is an absolute hot spot for coronavirus in the US. And if you look at the US's curve compared to other countries, I mean, some people will say it's because there's more testing going on here. And that's why the curve's gone up so much. But that is one heck of an Everest-like spike that is going on. And I have now have reverted to being more in lockdown than I was even a couple of weeks ago. And maybe that's the way things are going to go. Yeah, and I worry. I think so. Germany this week have gone. I think their R rate is close to three. I just worry. I'm looking at you. Look ahead at those countries that were before us, specifically and particularly Spain and Italy, who are handling you know the virus in a different way. And I just think this week, uh, or sorry, last week, we, we've had this whole July the fourth. July the 4th, I feel like everyone is all of a sudden, even in the last week of June, we're already in Independence Day. We go out, you know, uh, Mr. Northern Powerman and I, we go out for our, our morning walk. We we hike down the promenade of Costa del Mersey and taking in the sights, take a little Instagram picture and on we go. When we went out this morning, I saw two MPV vehicles, two guys, then another two guys in the back and about three or four girls and I would say you know way younger than me you know early 20s so this is seven o'clock this morning and they are clearly just come back from a party of some form they're hugging these the illegal this illegal rave this illegal party Um, I think the police had to be taken into a um, a street party in Brixton last week as well so in Manchester there's been a couple yeah Yeah, but this is on the rise now. And this is on the rise. So this is now impacting on our emergency services. And I saw the uh, St. John's Ambulance chief speak um, earlier uh, this week, just say, please, this is a state of emergency for our health. We know what it's like. We know you want to go out. We know you want to socialise. You know, we all do, regardless of age, all want to see people and come into contact with people. But right now, by you doing this, you are putting us all at risk. So I'm, I'm with you, Sam. The thing for me that I've seen, so we, so the UK, we've stopped the daily press briefings. And I think that's a really significant thing. It was a little bit like the war where you would sit around your radios and listening to that broadcast every day. I think you knew it was there, whether you did or you didn't, you knew it was there. So for it to go away, it, I don't know, you just feel it. You feel as though there's there's something missing mm. now. You're right. It is a time when a lot of people are making decisions and are very unsure. And and the peer pressure, I think, is there. I mean, I'll be honest. We had some people over for Dave, my husband Dave's birthday party a couple of weekends ago. There were six of us. We all sat separately. And in fact, all those people did help us move house. So we kind of know where they'd all been. They were in our little bubble. Now, we were actually invited to a gathering um, just a couple of days ago and And we actually decided not to go. And then funnily enough, the people who invited us, it it was their sister's gathering, turned around and said, actually, my sister said, do you mind not coming? Because she's now getting a bit worried about the virus. And I said, absolutely. I didn't tell them we'd already decided not to go. But of course, we want want to be around people. Of course, we want to reconnect. It's been horrendous. 
that maybe there has to be a little bit of just taking stock of where we are because it hasn't gone away and it is still serious and just look at the graphs of the of the cases in America it's it's really quite frightening I, I really think it is and I, I think and if we think it's tough now imagine how this is going to be to deal with a really 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 big spike again in the winter at least we can be outside now if we even if we can just step outside our front door What's this going to be like if we just ignore this and go back to what we think is normal? It's going to be a hell of a lot more challenging to deal with this in those winter months where also other viruses come into play. Yeah. You know? So that's, I think, what I'm massively worried about. And we, you and I, we, we're not we're not scurdy cat people, are we? This is not, you know, you run away to go and have a new life in Arizona. We didn't run away, you know. You, you kind of got on a plane and went and relocated <laughs> but it was a massively big brave decision so you're not afraid of doing stuff no, you know not, yeah. um yeah so, so i'm i'm anxious for the people who haven't thought about what this may be it's interesting a few weeks ago we, we, we seemed to step away from talking about this and here we are again which which proves for you and i to want to give Earth time to talk about this mm. where we encourage people just just got to be responsible and think hold on yeah i think the desire to return to normality we've talked about a lot on this podcast over the last couple of months i remember when i was due to fly over for the northern power women awards as all this was starting up and you and i had that 3 a.m conversation where i decided not to get on the plane i'd already checked in i decided not to get on the plane i mean number one i would still be there in england now away from my children mm. away from dave which is is bizarre to think about because of course trump closed the borders from europe if you've been in europe or the uk you cannot fly into america unless you are a permanent resident or a citizen what's interesting is that europe that had all these spikes as i said doors shut to europe by the us the eu last week i know not the uk but the eu are talking about shutting the border to americans now because the cases in america have gone up so much the eu are going we don't want you in because actually we feel you've not been responsible that's something to think about. We could talk about this all day, Simone. Man alive! One thing I do, one thing I do want to talk about quickly is um, wonderful Sandy Lindsay. We know and love her well. Great role model. Power list, of course, for Northern Power Women. She is the founder and she runs Tangerine PR in Manchester. She actually tweeted a couple of days ago saying how nervous she was about going back into the office. Not because she hadn't got a mask. Not because she didn't feel the the place would have been sanitized properly. But interacting on a face-to-face people with other human beings again. She said, I feel nervous about that. And that is a massive consideration. We've we've joked about our lockdown weight. We've joked about our lockdown hairstyles and the fact we've kind of, a lot of us, not all of us, some of us have learned to make paella and learned to do a handstand and done yoga every day and all the rest of it. I have not. Uh, but it is, it's weird even after a couple of months getting back into the the social aspect of work again even if you're being careful and social distancing it's it's strange being in close proximity with people yeah i think we're going to have to re-educate ourselves on that etiquette isn't it of office so when you see the person when you come in that the uh where the the office where where our offices uh northern power women are based um there's a, a cafe at the bottom siren fantastic you we've eaten this i've eaten the there best, yeah <laughs> the best vegan offer ever um and then you know you've got the, the the people who sit on the reception area and you do you do that you know sort of social 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 but it's all done even if it's done with a smile or 
everything, especially if it's done with a smile, you're not going to be able to see that with a mask. Mm. So we're going to have to have the biggest, smiliest eyes in the world. But, you know, Rob and I have been talking. Rob, uh, you know, as we know, is, is shielded. And those restrictions are being lifted. We, we have thought about and talked about what is our route? What is our route from here to the office? We can walk there. We know we can go through the sliding doors. We know we can go up the steps. We know the doors will be open. First handle we have to touch is our office door. We have our own key, so we can use a glove to open that. And then you get to the point of going to the loo. So, you know, who else has touched that handle? So how are we going to get around that? And yes, of course, we go back to basics. It's all about washing your hands. I would really like to hear from you if you are heading back into work what your concerns are maybe you are popping back into the office is it just physically seeing people and socially interacting with them again that you feel a bit nervous about because we have been isolated so many of us for so long it's going to be strange even meeting up with colleagues again I I met an old colleague for a very socially distant coffee we could barely hear each other shout over the side of the table but I I felt a bit nervous about seeing him because I thought oh he's not seen me for months what if I've really changed you know all these kind of (laughs) crazy things that come into your head so any concerns you have about returning to work anything we talked about we really love to hear from you you can tweet at north power women of course we love to hear what you have to say or you can email podcast at northernpowerwomen.com we need some life lessons simone we need a bit of positivity oh my, goodness. my goodness and i've got we've got a cracker this week the wonderful sharon amesu sharon amesu is the, the chair of the institute of directors in the northwest she is a force of nature she is very practical in her approach and you know what i could listen to her all day here's sharon Sharon Amesu, Chair of the Greater Manchester Branch of the Institute of Directors. Tell us about an important role model in your life. An important role model for me uh, is the uh, venerated Mary Seacole. Mary Seacole was a nurse who was born in Jamaica and she, growing up, determined that she wanted to be a, a nurse, that she wanted to serve the British Army who were fighting in the Crimean War. And she made her way via the UK to the Crimean War from the Caribbean in order to support the soldiers. She set up her own hospital and um, over history has been recognised as a formidable character who against the odds was able to forge her own destiny and she's such an inspiration to me. When have you faced imposter syndrome and what did you do about it? I'm the sort of person who makes it my business to step outside of my comfort zone because I believe that there's growth in the stretch. As a result, then, I find myself often uh, facing this sense of imposter syndrome. But my earliest recollection of that is when I was called to the bar as a, uh, a barrister. And I recall I was a, I'm a middle templar of the four inns of court. I was called to middle temple. And I recall looking around me and seeing that um, I was very much a minority in my cohort, both in terms of gender and race, and felt very much out of place for that and other reasons. And I felt very much that um, I was an imposter in that and I was going to be found out. But what helped me 
to overcome that was this idea that I myself was a role model that I that people would be inspired by the the courage and the decisions that I made uh, to lead even in the face of fear so that acknowledgement that I was leading in a sense in that moment and in the moments that have subsequently emerged um, that I am leading for legacy as it were is an important feature for me tell us about a mistake and the lesson it taught you one of my recurring mistakes is procrastination and so oftentimes I'll fall into the pit of over analysis of um, second guessing of failing to take action and this as a result has led to me missing out on really useful opportunities Uh, one particular example is many years ago I was introduced to um, a a platform that would have enabled me to create and curate uh, an online community for women. And I procrastinated and I put it off. And um, in, in time, I've seen that had I acted then, then I'd have been able to support and enable and impact much more people than I have done had I had I not procrastinated. And so that's a mistake that I've made um, and one that I'm continually challenging myself uh, to overcome. Give us an example of when a strong business network came into its own. I have an immediate example very present uh, and uh, current and that is the Institute of Directors. So during the Covid crisis there was immediate panic and fear and sense of overwhelm for many business leaders across the region and what I experienced myself personally was the power of the community within the IOD of coming together of supporting each other, of championing each other, of just being there. And I can say from both personal experience and anecdotally from that of the membership that the COVID crisis didn't have the impact that it might have done or taken the toll that it might have done had it not been for the community forming a collective embrace to support its membership. When have you taken a risk and what happened? I've taken many risks in my life, again, to the point that I mentioned earlier, which is the importance of me stretching myself and taking myself out of my comfort zone. And that has necessarily involved me embarking on roles or projects or programs that will place me in uncomfortable uh, terrain. The most recent obvious one for me has been the role of the chair for the Greater Manchester branch of the Institute of Directors, which was very much a stretch for me outside of my comfort zone. It felt very risky. It felt very much as though I was going to be placing my head above the parapet, being the only black female to have occupied this role and, of course, second-guessing myself as to whether or not I had the requisite level of expertise and the like. Uh, But I thought it was a necessary opportunity it was necessarily an opportunity for me to take and to step into that again thinking back to this legacy leadership point that i mentioned earlier 
So I took the risk, I took on the role, I believed in what our regional director Claire Ebry had by way of a passion and a vision and what has happened has been incredible. I have been able to forge uh, amazing relationships, build a wonderful network. I've been able to increase influence in the city region and help to to contribute and shape conversations that can lead to the provision of better opportunities for the residents in our uh, city region. So taking a risk, it has most definitely paid off uh, and will do so, I'm sure, for many, many years to come. Thank you so much to the wonderful Sharon Amesu. Fantastic advice as ever. And we would love to hear from you. Now, we talked about amplifying the voices, particularly of a black Northern Power women and other Northern Power women of colour. And we would love to hear from you if there is someone who you think, do you know what her voice or his voice needs to be heard? Get in touch with us. Email podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Maybe it's you. Don't be shy. We don't do this, do we, Simone? We're not down with the whole, oh, I better not self-promote. Blooming self-promote. Do it. High five. High five away. (laughs) Send us your details. We will tell you how you can uh, put your life lessons in. But do it, please. Be proud of who you are. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com if you would like to share your life lessons. Oh, we'd love to hear them. Thank you so very much. Now, look, before you head off into your... um, paddling pool hello we'll get there in a minute <laughs> i do want a vegetable patch update first we talked last week of the i mean alan titchmarsh bless him has been on the phone he's not happy with your gardening <laughs> efforts uh, but what's to do well i had this net like a pop-up net that that sort of sat over it so it wrapped underneath the grow bag so everything could grow and so that the dreaded mersey seagulls would not take away my produce and then lo and behold, June storm last weekend, it took off. So somewhere around the Mersey region, there is a lesser spotted net grow bag flying around. Oh, bless, bless Northern Power Women. He rode up and down, up and down the Mersey uh, marina in a little blow up dinghy that we borrowed off a neighbour trying to find aforementioned net cage. No, it's gone. But anyway, I've managed to sort of stay watch on um, aforementioned vegetables and my broad beans are doing a treat. I love a broad bean. I think they're a maligned vegetable along with a Brussels sprout. Give me a Brussels and a broad bean. I'm happy. I'm loving. <laughs> Pop some in a jiffy bag, Simone. Send them over to Arizona. Thank you. Now, look, I'm about to swelter in 43 degree heat today. What's your temperature going to be and what are you going to do about it? Well, it's 34 degrees. And so Ooh. I've got myself off to uh, B&M and uh, we now have a, a pool deck on uh, Lazy Isabella. We have a blow up. And <laughs> unfortunately, because it's hot, you can imagine the shelves of B&M bargains are bereft oh, yeah. of paddling pools. So we have some form of spaceship <laughs> paddling pool. <laughs> it, was, it was either that or a blow up pirate ship, which I really wanted to keep. Oh. <laughs> I know. But Northern Palmer was not happy for the for pirate ship he thought it, it brought down the neighborhood so instead of course spaceship is much better oh dear i feel strongly worded letters being written to the council <laughs> about the hoi polloi they're now letting in to the marina 
<laughs> but you know what? It's been brilliant. I had, um, you, you know, my kind of Navy thing, my Navy honours last week. I had, I had this week my very first uh, first Sea Lords conference, which is nothing to do with Star Wars. It is, it is, is a military briefing. I'm going to say out loud now that there was a part of the, the end of the briefing that I, I managed to take part in with my iPad and headphones on with my ankles in the paddling pool because it was hot. <laughs> Sharing, top secret, tell no one. Don't tell the Royal Navy. <laughs> Simone, thank you so much as ever. Get yourself in your paddling pool. And of course, do not forget the next episode of the Northern Power Women podcast is coming your way on Monday, the 6th of, I can't even believe I'm saying this word, July. Wow. July. Until then, thank you so, so much for listening. I'm Sam Walker and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production.